stuck in traffic anyhow. It's rush hour. Maybe you're on your way to vote. And if you haven't voted, get out there and do it. Otherwise, you can't complain for the next four years. That's kind of the way it works in a democracy. It is Blue Jays talk with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. That's true. You guys are looking at me. It's very true. Blue Jays talk with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker on uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan. The uh, Blue Jays. Okay, it wasn't that funny. The Blue Jays beating the Chicago White Sox 8-3, to three, eight consecutive wins for the Blue Jays. Kevin Barker, they are 30-20. and 20. Let's think about this for a minute. They've got the Minnesota Twins coming in for three. Uh, the Twins will not have Sonny Gray. Uh, they will not have Carlos Gray, at least as far as we know now. Rocco Baldelli has admitted that he has some players who will not be able to uh, cross the border because of, of vaccine restrictions. Then they got Kansas City and Detroit. Those two teams are combined, 37 and 63. This is Ooh. now I'm not getting ahead of myself because you know the Twins are my childhood team, and the, you know there'll be a little thing, a little part of me will be cheering the Twins on this weekend, just a small part. But Kevin, this sets up really nicely for the for the Blue Jays, doesn't it? It does. It does. Well, this is the part of the schedule where if you could get through the first, what was it, 30, 30 games in 31 days, you know, with your head above water, this is the part of the schedule where you could make up some ground and separate yourself from the teams that are around you. And that, that is your race, Jeff. You know, you could add a little separation right here and start winning a bunch of games in a row. Look, when you watch this team now, they have confidence, which they didn't have ten games ago. And, and that's the whole point in this is when you start getting guys with talent, uh, confidence – this is sort of the way it looks, and, and we've been saying this on Blair and Barker and the guests that we've had on that cover the Blue Jays all the time. It is about the two big boys in the middle of the lineup. When Vladdy starts having better at-bats, which the first couple at-bats were, let's face it, not real good against Cueto. Cueto was shaking his head, stepping off, uh, acting like he didn't know what the signs were on purpose. Like, that is a veteran guy taking advantage of a pup who is going through a tough time and sort of trying to disrupt things. And you can tell Vladdy walking away was sort of like, you know what, I got got there. They, every once in a while, they'll get me, and Cueto got him a little bit there by just... I just, I just got to jump in, Bark, because I had a friend send me a text. Old baseball guy <laughs> sent me a text. He was watching Johnny Cueto. He said, this dude looks at having a runner on first base as just another opportunity to screw around with the hitter. That's it. And I think that, that that's right. He could throw over like a thousand times. It's just another opportunity to mess up the hitter. That that's it. It's it, again. It's it's almost impossible to have an approach like that. It's it's almost like when he quick pitch you until you got two strikes, you try and take it. If he throws a ball in, if you're a right-handed hitter, you try and take it. That's the only approach. Look right down the middle. Sooner or later, with all that stuff going on, he's not going to locate one of those pitches. He'll throw it down the middle and. For the most part, they had decent approaches against him, and, and finally they, they got some big hits when they needed it. And Alec Manoa, what can you say? Every time we come on these shows after he starts, we're running out of things to say about him. Like, you know, it's what we were sort of figuring, how is he going to handle all the lefties? Because, you know, Tony LaRusse is looking at the same stats that you are, the same stats that I am. He dominates right-handed hitters. Lefties, they're going to give him some trouble. Like, they battle – uh, they they run out their competitive at bats today. He had the backdoor slider. He had the comeback sinker. Uh, he had the arm side four seamer. When you got all three of those things, and you're Alec Manoa, good luck. Yeah, we've got to talk about Alec Manoa. Obviously, uh, Kevin, he has a 0 0.998 WHIP Woo. through his first 30 Blue Jays games. That is the lowest in franchise history. And there have been some good pitchers in this team. The history of the Blue Jays, you know, just didn't start in 2015, despite what some people might think. Um, 
if you look at his performance against lefty hitters in particular today, and this is a lineup that ran out, what, uh, three switch hitters and two lefty hitters. Uh-huh. No Tim Anderson, of course, because he's not there. Uh, what did you make of the way he went after he, he went after lefty hitters? Because that's something we talked about, right? That's something we talked about. It was. And well, actually, he, t- he talked about it, too. He did. Well, it's a thing. Uh, it's it's something. That's why they're, they're, they're moving him around a little bit on the rubber. They're just trying to get him comfortable where arm slot. He can start certain things. He, he has two different breaking balls now, that slider. He's got one that's 1-7. to seven. He's got one that's more 12-6. to six. Uh, He can change speeds on it like he did today. The backdoor slider is a big weapon against the lefty because, I, you know, I used to try and hit left-handed. And if you got a guy on the mound who can flip that, who has the invisible heater that you sort of have to cheat to get geared up to, to try and put barrel to baseball against that pitch, and he can start flipping that backdoor slider for strike one. You know, he didn't really have a change up today. That comeback sinker is a new pitch. You know, sometimes it's a sinker, sometimes it's two-seamer. Now, the people that don't know the difference between that is the two-seamer is side-to-side. The sinker has more of that 11-to-4 break, and he had both of those. And when you have both of those against the lefty, you can do that sinker to a righty, which he dominates righty because of how big he is, the arm slot, the invisible the slider, the devastating slider that he can have. I, I just, what's the ceiling with this guy? Like, you know, he didn't even have his change up today. I don't even know if he wants to throw that anymore because sometimes it's good, sometimes it's awful. And and mm. I don't even know if he needs it. When he's got two different breaking balls, uh, two different fastballs, he can locate it to both sides of the plate like he did. Again, when you're working both sides of the plate like that, now all of a sudden as a hitter, you don't have a choice but to expand and try and cover both of those. And no, not too many hitters can do that. And, you see the results here. It's it's you know I, I'm I'm not saying that Charlie was sort of happy that he gave up the hit to Roberts in the eighth inning, but that decision would have had to been made with right around 100 pitches whether he was going right. to run out there for the ninth inning. You know, facing the the meat of the order four times through, just not sure they wanted to do that. But again, well, you know Alec what happened Manoa. the last used time. Used to seeing this. They, yeah, yeah, you know what happened the last time they they took Alec Manoa out of a game. Look, um, I, I you know I I'm with you. I don't. We'll never know how this thing would have played out. Uh, I, I do know this, though. It, it was interesting watching Alec Manoa's demeanor on the mound when he left the game. And the first thing he did when Charlie came out, started walking to the mound, he, he went over to Matt Chapman and gave him a little tap in the butt. Chapman was Chapman was really upset about that play, uh, that play at second base. I don't know whose fault that was. They're in the shift. Um, you know the, the the play I'm talking about is the as uh, is, is the Garcia the fielder's choice mm-hmm. grounder. They're in the shift. Bo is kind of running behind Chapman to cover third base. Chapman's going towards second to make the play. I don't know what happened in that play. I don't know if anybody was as a fault or it's just one of those things where sometimes everything conspires. But that kept the inning going, and you could tell Chapman. You know Chapman tapped his chest. My bad. And I just thought it was interesting that Manoa went out of his way before he left the mound to kind of give him a tap in the back. Yeah, he's a stud. He gets it. He understands what's going on, how hard these guys try behind him. He understands how good Chapman is. I don't know if you had to blame somebody. I guess Santiago Espinal would raise his hand. You know, it's it's just you have to be aggressive to every bag you're going to. The shift with who's running, with who hit the ball, where it was hit, how it was hit. It had top spin to it. It was an in-between hop. Turn your body, throw fast runner out at first base. You know, everybody's sort of in-between. 
And when you're in between like that, the indecision sort of happens, and, and everybody gets in between, and the play's not made. But, again, this is this is why you have nine guys out there trying their hardest. Is when one guy doesn't make a play, the other guy tends to pick them up, and this is what happens. Again, This is all these wins, Jeff, are starting to be te- team wins. No individual besides Kirk mm-hmm. and Espinal's getting some some hits, you know, when, when he needs to get the hits because of where they're, they're hitting him in the lineup. Teoscar's starting to do his thing. Vladdy still hasn't figured out who Vladdy is in 2022, but – it just seems like everybody's starting to fall in place. Everybody's doing, playing their part, and they're winning a bunch of games because of it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Vladdy gets a double today, and you know his reaction to that first at bat with with Cueto was kind of you know laughing after after the call third strike. I mean, he had he was Johnny Cueto. That's the only way to that's the only way to put it. Mm-hmm. I kind of detected. You know, we talked about that home run last night, and could you build on it coming out today? He just looked. He, I, I thought he looked. I, I don't know how to describe. I, I just thought he looked even, even, even with that at bat, and then the the ground out. He just looked a little happier today. I, he he really did. He looked. He 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 looked a little happier. He looked like he was enjoying his baseball a little more. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm reading too much into it, but um, because I do quite often do that. <laughs> but I just uh, I I thought. I just detected a little difference in him. We've got to talk about Santiago Espinal as well, Kevin. I mean, look, you move this guy into the leadoff spot, and he just, I mean, he performs. That's all you can say. He performs. It is. Well, we had him on our show. He he said the, the, the stronger lower half that he's had has helped him use his lower half. Uh, his leg kick that he has is now a glide. It's not a stab. A lot of times when you're stabbing, you leak with the with the front hip, and that's when the, the barrel starts to tend to drag and you don't hit the ball as hard as you want to. He's in, a, he's in a good place. When you're in a good place, you're confident. Your coach has confidence in you. When Charlie's putting him in the two-hole, leading him off, that, that – tells you as a player that your manager is confident in you enough to to lead the troops, Jeff. Mm. And when a guy that's not expected to lead the troops is doing that, it's, it's sort of a lot of fun to watch. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. 8-3, folks, the Blue Jays have swept the Chicago White Sox. They have won eight consecutive games. That's their second consecutive series sweep. They are 30 and 20. The Minnesota Twins come into town for a three-game series tomorrow. Billy wanted to suggest, Kevin, that Manoa is the face of the franchise. You could argue that. Now, Over the again, position this, players. This, 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 again, it's it's almost, uh, you know, I don't want to say impossible to give a pitcher the face of the franchise when you have Bo Bichette at shortstop. No, Roy Holiday was. Well, you're right. They didn't have Bo Bichette. Yeah, yeah, right. and, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first base. But, yeah, look, he, he is – he is in the mix for that. Billy's right. Billy nailed that as usual. And I, it's just, look, there's there's certain guys in the big league level who are remote stoppers, who if you don't have any interest in the Blue Jays whatsoever and you find out if you're a baseball fan that Alec Manoa is pitching, you're going to watch. You're going to flip the channels trying to find Alec Manoa because Alec Manoa is going to do special things and he's turning into something that is much watch. And, and I think Billy's onto something there. Yeah, it's, uh, look, Right now, it's early. We're not obvious. well. It's not early, but it's early in terms of talking about the All Star Game. But if you're looking at the Blue Jays right now uh, for the All Star Game, I mean, there are three guys whose names come to mind as representatives. That would be Manoa, number one, maybe Gossman, and maybe Romano. Um, you know, mm-hmm. among the position players, I mean, that could change obviously because we've got a few more 
uh, a few more weeks to go. I don't think and, there and, is one. And, and clearly the clearly the the hitters the hitters do appear to be do appear to be warming up. You want to talk about Rymal Tapia as well. And you know, I we made the point well, I, people people got to get and I can't believe I have to say this. There's still a lot of people out there who are pining for Randall Gritchick. Folks, you got to get over it. Randall Gritchick is what Randall Gritchick was when he was here. I keep telling you, I Rymel Tapia can drive you nuts, but I will tell you what, he's going to win more games for this team this year or have a bigger role in wins this year than Randall Gritchick would have because he just he he brings something this team this team hasn't had for a while, I, Kevin. I, I like him. He's not going to hurt your team. Uh, I, I do like his speed. He gets to fourth gear quick. That, that's a big deal when you're fast. He has long strides. That means he covers a lot of ground. He does it in a hurry. Uh, he cuts the corners on the bases really quick. We saw that going going uh, th- uh, home to second, and then he, then he slid in, and he, he got up and went to third base. We saw that when he went first to home. He cuts the corners good. He's got long strides. I, I just – I mean, there's so many other things to complain about. Why would you Why would you waste your time about a guy that's the 26, 27, however many mm-hmm. guys you have on your team? He's like the last couple on your team. He, he is a fourth outfielder. He's going to come off and give you a competitive at bat. He'll get the head out occasionally. He has added, if you've noticed, Jeff, the big giant leg kick now. Like that that is one thing where he does the little he'll do his little fluition like he does like Vladdy does, and then he kicks that leg to his ear and he tries to get it down and create a little loft with his barrel. Look, I again they got a lot more other things to worry about than Rymel Tapia. Brennan Hamilton. We were just talking about Rymel Tapia. You want to chime in? Yeah, I love the show guys, love the podcast. Um just listening to that inning, which ended up working out great. I was curious about the decision to pinch hit for Tapia. I mean, in my mind, it would make more sense to put Gurriel in as a pinch runner for Kirk and then pinch hit for Zimmer with um, Jansen coming off the bench. And I was kind of – Tapia's been hitting well and running well. I was curious about the decision to take him out. So, just want you to Yeah, I, I mean, the, you know, I think at, at that point – if you get a chance to give your catcher a day off, and Danny Jansen is your number one catcher, you're going to give Danny Jansen the day off. I think at that point you're getting a little you're getting a little cute. I also yeah. I you know I I don't know I know Rymel Tapia scored after fouling that ball off his off his leg, but there's also a chance that that was hurting him. I mean I didn't I I got to tell you the truth I didn't simple it, it didn't even occur to me. It's simple for me. Zimmer's a better defender. Uh, uh, George Springer's not available to come off the bench and play defense right. in center field. Rymel Tapia is not a good, as good a defender as Zimmer. Now, Zimmer is a hole when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. But late in the game, when you have the lead yeah, up that the point. middle, you would rather have your better defender with your highest leverage guys coming in. And that's sort of how they were trying to line that up with is you want to keep your better defender in there, and that's exactly what they did. Again, he's a tough watch when it comes to the, to the offensive side. I, I've laughed a couple of times. There, there's certain guys who have no chance. Zimmer is, you know, when you look at guys and just say, does he look hitterish? Well, mm. no is the answer to that. Yeah, it was funny. Felipe Alou always used to have a line about uh, anytime the first play is not made in a game, you're going to lose. And he talk, and he's not talking about errors. He's just talking about plays that don't get made. And, you know, the Zimmer slide on that, that, that leadoff, that leadoff hit, yeah, the ball popped out. But uh, I got to admit, when I saw that, and then Robert comes up and hits, gets on the infield hit, tough play for Chapman. I'm going, oh man, here we go. Manoa's in the in the stretch right away. He labored through that inning. He got out of it though. Ten pitch second inning. He just he just went to town. 
He just absolutely went to town. And again, this is not the White Sox have their issues and they don't have Tim Anderson, but he made some really good hitters. Some really good hitters. A couple of MVP candidates. He, look pretty mediocre. He 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 did. You could tell they had a pretty good game plan going in and Kirk tried to stick with the game plan. But sometimes you could read bats good enough that will tell you yep. to go away from a certain pitch and you could tell some slider counts because of the way they were swinging at his heater. Uh, you know, he, he instead of throwing back-to-back sliders, he would go with either the two-seamer into a lefty or he would elevate the four-seamer into a lefty just because he's reading bats. That That's what elite pitchers do. Now, look, look he still hasn't refined, uh, you know, arm speed on the changeup, location of the changeup, velocity of the changeup. His slider is sometimes hit or miss, but man alive. Like, just everything that goes with being a a pitcher in 2022, he's it. Everything he does, everything, how he acts, the way he carries himself, he's a stud. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. We'll take your calls right up to 7 o'clock. Clifton and Etobicoke, you're a big Tony La Russa fan, aren't you? You're like me. You love you some Tony La Russa. <laughs> oh, buddy, you know I'm a big fan. I know. I, I... <laughs> you're, you are. You and I are both the same sort of level of Tony La Russa fans. Yeah, I'm telling yeah. you, man, like this guy. But I got I, I tell you something. I got to give him full marks here because I thought this guy that that challenge. Yes. For interference, there. There's no doubt in my mind that the only reason why he did it was to kind of disrupt Manoa's rhythm. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Tony Larusa, Jeff. Uh, I would not, and uh, it, it's funny because the Tony, you know, you could have. You could have you could have had a Tony Larusa cam in this series because some of the shots we saw of him in the dugout, and uh, I mean I'll tell you what man he wore the the two home plate umpires the last two games he wore them out, I mean he absolutely wore them out. We're down on the left field press box and I could see yesterday I, he was walking up and down the he was walking up and down the dugout yelling at the first base umpire and the home plate umpire at the same time like you know. When you've got the home plate umpire taking his mask off to look at you and the first base umpire looking at you and you're walking up and down, yeah, he was really one of the few things these guys had going for him. Uh, you know, we had Jason Benetti on, and, and, and uh, you know, Jason, Jason made the point, whatever you may think about Tony Clifton, one thing about Tony is the dude does not like to lose. I mean, it just, it just chaps him, and he's going to pull whatever levers he can to win, but I, I just, I, I don't know, man. Uh, not having Tim Anderson for maybe six weeks. Uh, I, I, this, this team is, this, for a team with, with, with these names in the lineup, they're pretty easy to pitch to at times. They, they are. Well, I, that's why I love Thanks, Clifton. Clifton. Clif, Clifton pays attention, man. That's why I love him. Clifton should have been a manager. That, that's, he probably should have Because that's, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking whenever. And, and you could see that Tony leaned into one of his coaches and, and basically said, hey, you see what I did there? <laughs> like, I got him. Like, that's exactly what I was trying to do. I knew he didn't. I, I knew he didn't. Uh, it wasn't catches or interference. Yeah, look, it's – for me, Lance Lynn's a big loss for them, not having him for long periods yeah. of time. You know, he's a workhorse. He's going to give them a lot of chances to win. And this gets back to the division they play in, Jeff. It's not the American League – what the division they play in is not the American League East. And this is why when the Blue Jays go through hiccups, the things that they have to endure – Going to Yankee Stadium, going to Fenway Park, going to Tampa, trying to beat those teams is not going to the teams in the Central. And 
I think the you know the White Sox. If you're a White Sox fan, it could go backwards in a hurry, and it looks like it might be doing that. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety. One triple eight triple six zero five ninety. The Blue Jays have swept the Chicago White Sox eight to three. They've got the Minnesota Twins coming in for a three game series starting tomorrow night. We'll take a break. Be back with more of your calls. This is Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet five ninety, the fan. And now the bet. 365 standings update with Bet365. You can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. The Yankees are just about to start the second game of a doubleheader against the Angels. They beat the Angels 6-1 the first game of the doubleheader. The Rays, 3-1 winners over the Texas Rangers. So, as we sit here, at just a little after 6.30 Eastern time, these are the standings. The Yankees, 35-15. and 15. Toronto is 30-20. and 20. Tampa Bay is 30-21. and 21. The Boston Red Sox are 24-27. and 27. The Baltimore Orioles are 22-30. and 30. Kevin Barker, the Jays, as we've mentioned, have won eight in a row. They are currently the hottest team in the major leagues, the New York Mets have won six games in a row going into today. That is pretty good. Eight in a row. If you're wondering now, if, 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 if you're wondering about the team's record after 50 games, the Jays, as we mentioned, are 30 and 20. Uh, it's the fifth time in club history they've won at least 30 of their first 50 games, and it's the first time since they were 31 and 19 in 1992. So they're better after 50 games than a lot of those other teams that we've been talking about in recent years. Um, the Jays had their sixth straight game with double digits, double digit hits. That ties their longest streak from last season. Uh, so, Kevin, yeah, 30 20. I'm I'm not going to hammer in the schedule because you know any given day et cetera et cetera in Minnesota is is a first place team. Yeah, but this is this is a this is a good run for this team. After this is almost this is almost payback for all the all the pitching and all the teams <laughs> they saw to start out the season. You it think really that's what is. it is? <clears throat> I I just think it's a good team making adjustments when they have to, and they're gaining confidence. And you can hang your hat. Again, it gets back to that Tampa Bay Ray thing. And I pick on you all the time because they're impossible to watch, the Rays are. But what do they do better than most teams? They play really good defense, and they pitch better than most teams in all of baseball. And that's sort of what the Blue Jays are trying to do is to fill in the blanks with that, meaning that when you come to play the Blue Jays, you're going to have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. Gary Newfoundland, you're on Blue Jays Talk. What's up, Gary? Hi, Jeff. Hi, Kevin. How you doing? I uh, want to talk a little bit about Rio yesterday getting injured again in a short period of time. And while I was waiting, I was watching uh, the broadcast on TV, and they got the Blue Jays starters this season, got them listed, and innings pitched uh, in order of the best to the worst. Let me guess Kevin where Rio is. He's sixth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's sixth. But yeah. anyhow, that's uh, uh, here's a question. Maybe tomorrow, like, uh, you can maybe delve into this a little bit more because I usually I watch you on your uh, afternoon show. Uh, it uh, comes out about 11.30 Newfoundland time. I catch both nice. you and Kevin all the time. I nice. really enjoy listening to you guys talk. 
Nice. Yes, maybe uh, what's going on in Ross Atkins' mind right now with for Ooh, you? Ooh, that's a dangerous uh, question. Could you trade uh, <laughs> things in the future? Gary, uh, listen, thanks thanks for the call, man, and thanks for the uh, kind words. Look, uh, Hyunjin Ryu, I don't know. I haven't I, – I'm, my understanding, Kevin, is he was going for an MRI. Um, he has gone on the IL. They've called up Jeremy Beasley. Uh, you know, Kevin, we tossed this around today <clears throat> in the show. There are, there, are, there are three things I think if you're Ross Atkins you're looking at right now. One, you're looking at a – Left-handed bat. I'm I'm not pulling in any particular order here because we can have an argument about that. Left-handed bat, more swing and miss stuff at the back end of the bullpen. I think another starting pitcher right now, I think that's something I'd do at the deadline. I don't want to give up a great deal to get another starting pitcher because I've got Barrios around. I've got Gossman. I've got Kikuchi. I got Manoa. Like, I've got got my top four starters for the next five years. I don't want to... I'm not going to say waste, but Kevin, I don't want to use any of my prospects to, to you know, to, I just don't. I don't feel that's the best use of my prospects you, right you, now to get another you, starter. You, in well, here. you just said that you didn't. You didn't want to place those in order. You basically just did. Uh, you, you, that that would be third in your mind is getting another starter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking that swing and miss would be the first one that you'd want to go after because we saw that today when Simber was coming in facing the top of the order it's yes. just the swing and miss stuff's not there like it's it's just when you need a guy to come in who has stuff like yeah you know, we get back to the Yankees why are the Yankees in in first place in the American League East cuz they Aaron Boone can run out a bunch of stuff at you no matter if you're mm-hmm. a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter who can strike you out from pitch one and that's the whole point of of trying to get swing and miss stuff especially late in games with a runner on third or less than two outs and for me, if Ross is going to make any adjustments and make those quicker, that would probably be the first place I would think he would look at. A couple of things I do want to address. I want to talk about Matt Chapman getting hit by that pitch. Now, Caleb, I was in the, the booth here. Caleb Joseph was right in front of me. He said the exact same thing you did. About you know, He said, like my first reaction was that it hit him in the back of the helmet. Now, we know it hit the shoulder blade and came up and hit the helmet. But you came on, Kevin, and you were looking at that, and you were shaking your head. You guys who've played, you've you kind of know what that's about, don't you? Like, we look at it and go, oh, my God, he almost he got him in the head. That's scary. That is scary for a hitter, isn't it? It, it is It is really scary because your, your next at bat will be the interesting one to watch for, for Matt Chapman. Can he keep the front side in? That you, That's a big thing for him all the time anyway because of the, the trigger that he doesn't have. He really has to drive that front side towards the baseball to add length to his swing. And if, you know, he has a little something in the back of his mind where he's a little timid and he wants to start swinging from his heels and start leaning back because of getting hit, you know, somewhere around up, up around the face, I don't think that's the kind of person he is. He's no. going to, you know, he'll, he'll fight through that. and It's not a big deal. And, but it's scary. Anytime you throw a ball anywhere up around, now obviously it's not on purpose, but anytime you throw a ball up around some guy's head at that velocity – you worry about that guy from, you know, the next couple of games, and hopefully he'll be okay. But he, he means a lot. Even when he's not hitting, you say this all the time. Oh, you know, man, he's... We, I, we, we, really, we really are not fair to him, I think, because of the way he can play defense. We think he's I am. I've hit said like I that. You're I'm the not going to talk about his hitting. You're, you're the only one. We, we guy's just a game changer I, in defense. He's he a, is. He, he's a game. He, if, you, if you could have a defensive MVP for this team, he would far and away be the defensive MVP, MVP in this team. Forget, forget about the hitting, folks. This guy changes games. He saves pitches. He saves pitchers with his defense. He, he allows Louis Rivera to put Santiago Espinal on Bo Bichette where he wants to. 
because he has a guy that plays third base who can cover an, inside, an entire side of an infield that allows him to, you know, and the Blue Jays to take away hits. I'm with you. I, he'll be fine. This is just one of those things where it happened. You know, he, he was laughing and he was – uh, saying, you know, uh, uh, all the right answers to the to the trainer that came out. So, you know, it'll 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 be fine. Maybe, I, maybe it'll force him to keep his front side in a little bit more, get started sooner, and maybe he'll start hitting a little bit more because of that. Who knows? Maybe. I I, I don't want to jinx the guy, Kevin. But uh, while well, Tabler's already done it on TV, anyhow, so it doesn't really matter. Bo Bichette's on a run of real good games defensively right now, and you pointed this out when we were texting before the game. You said we've got to talk about Bo's defense. I'm going to give you a chance to wind it up. Let's talk about something really positive: Bo's defense and and the defense in general. Nobody works harder than Bo on his defense. He he knew it's sort of a crutch for him. He know he knows how people talk about him. He knows how people talk about his backhand. You can see how much confidence he has in it. How his his feet are all lined up when he catches the ball. Uh, how strong his arm looks to me now. It looks stronger, mm-hmm. especially the ball. The the throws that he makes running towards the third base bag where he has to throw across his body and, and he, you know, throw at a different target other than the guy standing at first base, where you have to start that ball to where it actually has to end up because of where you're throwing it from. And I give all the credit to how hard he works before the game actually starts. You know, all the all the camera work that the, that Sportsnet runs, showing him do the flat glove, do the backhands. You know, you always see him out there with the tank top on, and he's working that's hard. That's not eyewash, Kevin. That's not eyewash. It absolutely is not. That's a kid that wants to be the best defensive player that he can be to help a team win a championship. You tip your hat to him. And I will never say anything bad about Bo Bichette's defense again. I'm going to raise my hand and say it right now, Jeff. Yeah. No, listen, I, I think that and, – and when when Matt Chapman was acquired here, one of the things that Dallas Braden talked about, we had Dallas on our show, and one of the things he talked about is, hey, in addition to being a good defender himself, watch the impact he has on the other guys in the infield. And I, I've got to think I, – I, I've got to think part of Bo's – what Bo's doing right now comes from Matt Chapman. Uh, yeah, but remember too, Jeff, how much has he been hit in the last week? The more you hit, the better defender you're going to be. I'll say that, and I'll continue to say it. You're a hitter first when you come to the big leagues. At least most are. Mm-hmm. And when you're not doing something that you're supposed to do, you tend to carry it over to the defensive side. And if you've noticed, I think Bo now has only made one error in the last 25 games after today. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty special. But also he's starting to rake, and he's getting the foot down, and he's using the entire field. That's, that's Bo. I think we should get used to saying it. Yeah, that double today, uh, or I'm sorry, that single today as part of that eighth inning, that eighth inning out, outburst was, uh, you know, halfway up the wall down down the right field line, and and you're absolutely right. I I, uh, you know, Bo is Bo's got his swagger back, and the swagger also reveals itself on the field. It, uh, it, when when he's out when he's out in the field, it really does. I think I think the two go. I think the two absolutely go hand in hand. And it was interesting watching his reaction today. He got called out in that third strike. He was not – there were two pitches that were just awful, awful calls uh, by the home plate umpire. But it, it was rare to – it's rare to see Bo react like that. But that, to me, suggested that Bo is seeing the ball so well right now that he knows – that those weren't strikes. I'm glad you finally coming over to my side about the umpires. Uh, Way to go, Jeff. It only took you 50 games to come over with me. 50 games and 50 games in 62 years. (laughs) That is it for uh, us on Blue Jays Talk. Mr. Barker and myself will be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet 360. We'll be off this weekend. 
with Blue Jays talk, but I'm sure they will have a cast of thousands replacing us because they'll it does figure take it more. out. They'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll be listening. Thanks for listening to us today. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball served up by the always game ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. <laughs>